change the narrative. Yes, sir. Recruited, we're gonna beat your ass every time they see us. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah! Yeah! All right, get ready. Welcome to the ESPC podcast network, where the purpose of the podcast is always to make me money. I always say that because people are not ever really candid, and this is one of the main tenets of the podcast is to be candid and to make us money watching uh, sports, right? And every uh, podcast is a business meeting, and every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. We have three purposes, right? Uh, Number one, we we went through, right? To be candid, to be real. Nobody, you know, CNN, Tucker Carson, uh, the crying men of, uh, of CNN, uh, Sean Hannity, they all give you 50% of the truth. One, one gives you one side, one gives you the other side. We give you all the sides. Why? So you make money. So being candid is the number one purpose of the podcast. Second purpose is to give you financial aid first aid kit or financial first aid kit. So you don't have problems financially. You don't have, need a stimulus. I have an MBA. I've had successful businesses. I have a successful business, uh, securities licenses. So we use business and financial concepts, uh, probability theory, decision science, right? To make you money watching sports and to teach you or to reinforce how to make decisions and make money watching sports. The third one it's first the mental health kit. My wife has been a psychotherapist for 17 years and I've learned a lot. And 70% of business is psychology, right? Uh, so we give you mental health first aid tips, tips. But the core of the podcast is, right, giving you a process to have the outcome of the last two years, NFL, we've been 65%. What does that mean? 65% when 52.5% is break even. We have 500% ROI. What does that mean? So for the last two years, if you use every one of our picks, you would have 10 times more money than when you started. Now, to that end, we've gotten 68%. Uh, college football two years in a row that's phenomenal people out there you listen to major outlets and say oh you can only get 55 percent we're living proof you can listen to all the podcasts they're all on every single podcast uh network right or platform okay uh and you can verify right you can go on our twitter at j-o-s-u-e-v as in victory i-z as in zulu c as in charlie a-y right our Twitter at Hostwayhoske, and you can see the picks, and we'll be giving out picks throughout. Now, this is going to be the Big Ten preview because you cannot, right, just roll into Vegas uh, in a couple of weeks and just start getting seventy uh, percent, right, eighty percent. Remember, you want to get that because break even is fifty two point five percent. You have to do your research, and I'll publish it in the next couple of weeks. The top 10 rules of betting. This made me a lot of money. My wife hasn't bought gasoline 
in 15 years now. We've used all the money uh, from betting for gasoline. If she needs an expensive purse, a dress, that's what she gets. She gets it from the betting money. The betting money goes first, but we bought the engagements. We've had a good time. We've made a lot of money betting on sports. But uh, what makes us different than the other folks out there, the 20% of betters they have around our percentages that we're sharing the information, right? Because I just don't like people hoarding information, uh, trade secrets, and I don't think that's good, right? So to that end, uh, sports betting is a collaborative sport. Uh, and I call it a sport because you're competing against the casino, you're competing, you're competing against the odds makers, you can, you're competing against other betters, but every single society for the last 3,000 years has had some sort of organized betting. This is really, it's analogous to the stock market. So the same process you use to pick a, a stock or to pick uh, an investment is the same process you use to bet on a game. So the outcome is 500% RI, Wall Street best type of games, games, and at the same time, watching sports, enjoying ourselves. And again, purpose in the end. We gave you the purpose, and the outcome has been, uh, if you've used our NFL picks for the last two years, you would have 10 times more money than what you have, than we, you would have started with, right? So every year, is different. And now with COVID makes things even more different. Uh, the strength and conditioning coach at the University of Georgia is making $1.2 million Cochran because uh, Curry Smart stole him from Nick Satan. I call him Nick Satan uh, for a lot of different reasons that we get into. Uh, Nick Satan's guys is now making around uh, $900,000 in Alabama. Remember, Alabama is a very low uh, per capita income state, low cost of living. Uh, the income, state income tax is low. So that's a lot of money. So what does that mean to us? That we got to study who the strength and conditioning coaches are for this team. Because it's really going to be a determinant factor who does the best job. Even those, these guys are young. Uh, a lot of these guys are vaccinated. Did it take the Moderna? Could they not lift for a month? Did it take Pfizer and lift it for a week, right? They got to mandate all that. So the teams that have the best strength and conditioning coach has a chance. They're all good. This is all on the march now. Again, last two years, really it's been more than that, but where I can document and can show you, because this is like a prospectus uh, filing with a non-Chinese perspective <laughs> filing in the SEC, right? We give you verified information. The episode notes is a prospectus. It will give you the difference between fundamental analysis and technical analysis that you use in, in stock picking because the same process goes for sports betting and college football betting, right? So we got 68%. We made a lot of money and fortunate looking good to do that. And now we're sharing the information. And we're going to give you the Big Ten preview. So all the teams in the Big Ten have great strength and conditioning coaches. So the differentiation is going to be on the edges. Now, before we get to talking about the Big Ten, there's two types of teams, right? 
there's a blue chip team. Uh, blue chip teams are maybe five teams who get phenomenal guys that regardless of if they develop their bodies in college, they're still probably going to make the NFL, right? So you have Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, Georgia. Uh, those are your blue chip teams. Then you have developmental teams, right? The teams that have guys, but they have to develop. They have to get them in the weight room. They have to develop their bodies, right? Develop their bodies so they can compete with the blue chip guys. And some coaches are better than others. Now, it's analogous to stock picking, right? Because in fundamental analysis, uh, there's fundamental analysis and there's technical analysis. No one has ever gotten rich using technical analysis. A lot of people have gotten rich doing two things, using fundamental analysis and taking advantage of market inefficiency. People have made money using each of those or both. Again, the highest level of intelligence is situational intelligence. So when you get good, sometimes you might pull technical analysis out of the bag to make money. But as far as sports betting is concerned, it's very heavy on fundamental analysis. And I'll put this in the episode notes. One of the five key elements of fundamental analysis is corporate governance, management. How's that company being run? Who is better than others? Who gets communicates and gets their people to execute uh, more than others? Because in a business, when you run a business, execution is just as important as strategy or a great idea. Executing, getting it done consistently in a repeatable, scalable way is, the, is how you make money, right? With a good business. And having margin, right? We talked about margins. The more we get above 52.5, the better off we are, right? So to that end, we start with you, Ohio State Buckeyes, right? So Ohio State, teams operate for the most part in two-year cycles. So again, a blue chip team like Alabama, that has great corporate governance, and now he owns a, a Mercedes dealership in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in Birmingham, right? Coach Nick Saint, he's a great uh, manager of college football. His two-year cycles, he either wins the national championship or gets to the playoffs. Some teams will go through it. You'll see sometimes they'll go, they'll go nine and three, right? And they're worth it in the Big Ten. It's a developmental program, so they for sure go into your cycles. But even the blue chip teams go into your cycles. Uh, year one, they have less of a chance in year two. Ohio State made the playoffs, made it to the championship game. They're in a down cycle of their two-year cycle. But we make money because on the margin, Ohio State is still going to get lines. It's still going to get inflated lines, like if they were last year in a good cycle. Now, the first thing you want to look at is uh, returns on the offensive line, right? So Ohio State on their offensive line. Ohio State is returning I know it's a low number but they're returning I think around uh, 
57 got 57 starts on the offensive line. All right. Uh, their, their offensive tackles will probably con- contain for rewards. That's what we're looking at. But them having so few returnees on the offensive line shows that those guys are going to have to develop, right? And their first game is at Row Your Boat, right? A lot of these coaches have uh, mottos and just, you know, catchphrases to get their guys juiced up, right? Or to teach them, uh, you know, how to grind things out. Uh, to improve to each day and fall practice and spring practice and PRP uh, player run practices. They have mottos, right? And one of the mottos is Fleck, a guy who's divorced because he's married to the game of football. He's intense. He knows how to do more of a left, came from Western Michigan, uh, you know, failed receiver in the NFL, but he's still trying to run. Uh, he's one of those guys. So, to that end, he's going to have his team juiced up. He's going to have a lot of returning starters. He'll have more people on the offensive line. We'll get to Minnesota a little later. But Ohio State's young offensive line against a very developed, right, because Minnesota's a developmental team on an upside. So Minnesota's on an upside. Ohio State is on a downside. And people are just going to bet in the first game of the season the name of Ohio State, right? Just been, oh, Ohio State, yeah. Oh, they're blue blood. Uh, Minnesota's not. Let me put money on. So what do you do? It's a stock market. You wait for it to be overpriced, right? And there you, what you're doing is you're taking advantage of a market inefficiency. So previewing Ohio State, uh, the fact that they're on a down cycle, a down cycle for them is probably one loss and still make the playoffs. But the way we make money is, are they going to cover the spread or not, right? So we're going to look at that line. If it's inflated, if the pass the key numbers, key numbers are what? 3, 7, 10, 14, 21. If we're getting really good plus money against roll your boat, a great coach knows to do more with less. First game of the season, with uh, inexperienced but talented Ohio State players, right? More often than not, we're going to go with the Golden Gophers or the Gophers. Row your boat, Mr. Fleck, Minnesota, right? Uh, again, Bobby Bott, bless his heart, he died. He always talked about having an experienced quarterback. He, you know, he was a junior or senior quarterback. That was him, right? He had that pipeline. Peter Tom Willis, uh, on and down lots, Charlie Ward to uh, Canal. They all were juniors when they were starting their first year because experienced quarterback. Ohio State's bringing in a young quarterback. He's bringing him in as talented as he may be on the road against Royer Bow. So we're looking good there. Uh, when you look at the corporate governance of Ohio State, they have a phenomenal offensive coordinator in Wilson. When a national title at Oklahoma, Ryan Day is good himself. One thing to watch when they play Michigan way later on in the season, but this is in little details throughout the season, right? This is the first year 
where Irvin Meyer has something else to do other than obsess about Ohio State football. Even though he wasn't the head coach last year, when you watch the Big Ten Network, he didn't look like he slept before a big Ohio State game. And I know he has Ryan Day's phone number. He probably called him. And then Ryan Day knew that he had Irvin Meyer right there. And again, this is the going off a of high cycle, right? So it's not a coincidence that Urban Meyer left town when all the guys he recruited, they were on the top of their game, went to the national championship game, are gone, right? So let's see the difference in corporate governance of Ryan Day. But all the coordinators are all the same. Wilson was hired by Meyer. Wilson's pretty much a genius. He did really good with no talent in Indiana. He's the office coordinator at Ohio State. The new defensive coordinator actually uh, did a better job than Chiana, who's now the head coach at Rutgers University. So, in this year, so they have, they go to Minnesota, then they go to Oregon, uh, Tulsa. Look for the inflated lines, marketing efficiencies as Ohio State, their price is going to be high. Remember, in stocks, you buy low and sell high. So the fact that they haven't played in lines, a younger team look to go the other way uh, with your Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, a team that's on an up cycle from a down cycle last year is going to be the Nittany Lions of Penn State. As far as corporate governance, they have James Franklin. Uh, he's a great recruiter, but he does well when he has really good uh, coordinators. He knows how to do uh, more with less. He went at Vanderbilt with no talent. Uh, when you look at their offensive line, they uh, only got 47 starts in the offensive line. I like the trigger guy. So you got to think when you, when you say, all right, they got not a lot of starts in the offensive line. They're not, uh, they're talented though, right? So I might have more experience playing basketball than LeBron James when he was in high school, but he still was going to destroy me because of his talent. So that's something you have to study. Number one rule of uh, betting in a top 10 is never bet your own team. Number two, always do your research. So you got to mitigate how much talent they have versus uh, experience hurting them, right? So that's why Alabama reloads. They might not win the national tandem, but they might win all those games because they have so much talent. Developmental team, your Minnesotas, your Northwesterns of the world, they can't get away with having really young offensive lines all the time because uh, they're not as talented, right? As your blue chips. Penn State is nearing blue chip status, uh, but I think what is going to mitigate it is the fact that they're, they're quarterback can run and their quarterback uh, looked good to me last year. It was a down year for them, but kept them in games. Uh, they look good to me, right? They are returning nine on offense, seven on defense, as opposed to when you look at Ohio State, uh, Ohio State is returning. So if you look at Ohio State is returning Ohio State's returning six on offense, 
and five on defense. All right. COVID gave people an extra year, right? The NCAA gave people an extra year. So that's really going to help the developmental programs where they had a guy, he's in his fourth or fifth year, not as talented as you would hope, right? You're like, oh, I wish I had that guy for another year. Get him developed, he would play better. Well, yeah, guess what? Now COVID has a guy for another year. So it's going to be a very, very interesting college football season. Man. And you got to think of dogs for what I just said. The fact that the developmental teams, teams like Penn State got nine coming back on offense, seven coming back on defense. So that's going to be a very good, experienced, talented uh, Penn State team. Now, they start off rough at Wisconsin. So you got to look at those lines. They go to Auburn, right? Got to look at that line. Is Auburn with a first-year coach? trying to learn things against an experienced Penn State team. Are they going to get an inflated line? Because they are the SEC, right? Do your research. Uh, I like Penn State. I like them to cover a lot. Uh, Corporate governance-wise, James Franklin does a great job hiring coordinators. So I think they're going to be fine, right? And you got to look for opportunities like that when they go to Auburn, uh, when they go to Ohio State, and at Michigan State. Got to look at those knitting lines to cover as dogs for the affirmation reason. And then when that offensive line gels later in the season and uh, the adjustments and the intelligence that, George, that uh, James Franklin has as a uh, coach, corporate governance, got to look them to cover as dogs in the situations that uh, advise. Also in the episode notes, we're gonna have the five elements of fundamental math. So you can do good investing and you can use decision science that's used by the top corporations in the com- country to make business decisions, probability theory, right? The 80 20 rule uh, and fundamental analysis to make really good business decisions in decisions period. Now, a team that was an up cycle last year, or their two-year cycle, is uh, Tommy Allen. I graduated from the University of South Florida, so I can't bet their games. Uh, Tom Allen, right? We look at corporate governance of Indiana. He was the defensive coordinator for uh, USF on an eight and four year. So that means that USF being a developmental program, uh, he did more with less. He did a great job and he parlayed it to being a defensive coordinator in Indiana. And now he is the head coach. He's done a great job hiring coordinators. However, they returned eight on offense and nine on defense. And their career starts go to 67. So that's going to be a problem for Indiana. They're not really on, even though they return a lot of guys, they're really on a down cycle of their two-year cycle. So they're going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, this is a team you're going to look to go the other way because everybody's hyping them up from they did last year. And you got to look at return to the mean statistics that we use. Teams that they beat last year are going to game plan against them and probably beat them this year. So last year, 
they uh, were 6-2, beating Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, and Wisconsin. So when you look at, actually, uh, at Michigan, November the 6th, uh, Jim Harbaugh makes $10 million. So he studied all summer Indiana football. Right, he might have done not have done it the year before, but he gets ten million dollars for a reason. He took a team to the Super Bowl in the NFL for a reason. His dad won a national championship with him as an assistant coach in Division Two with Willie Taggart, who's the head coach of Atlanta, Florida Atlantic, who coached USF. But he won a national championship as a player with Daddy Harbaugh. So uh, look for those. Revenge games for them not to cover. Are you going to win or not? Maybe that's you for the side. When if you got a good money line bet, but I'm doing my research, knowing that they only returned 67 guys, 67 starts on that offensive line, going to Michigan, right? Where the man has 10 million dollars on the line, his salary, uh, he's he's kind of in the hot seat. Man, you can't lose any. You're probably going to cover that game. Uh, Michigan State homecoming. And then uh, they beat Wisconsin last year. So they don't get Wisconsin a return trip. So that's good for them. But uh, the Penn State game at Penn State, James Franklin makes $7 million for a reason. He's more of a blue chip program against the developmental guys, right? Uh, at Penn State, look for Penn State to cover. Uh, at Michigan, look Michigan to cover. They've been staying all summer for them. And then uh, Maryland, at Maryland. Those are three games at home. We got to look for that home team to cover. Why? Because the return to the mean statistical and the fact, right, variables. To ensure a result in finance, you eliminate variables and covariables. So big variable is that those three teams have three home games in the suites where people pay two, $300,000 to watch these games in the suites. Alumni, right, who are billionaires, who donate hundreds of million dollars for the university are gonna be watching this game. Right, you're gonna watch it again, so you better study up on the teams that beat you last year when you come home when you play in front of these people so they pay for your contract. Right, so look for Penn State, Maryland, Michigan to cover at home against the developmental Indiana Hoosiers who only return. Uh, 67 starts on that offensive line. They'll develop them again going for next year, but this year it's going to be tougher sledding than what they had last year. So those are your Indiana Hoosiers, Tom Allen. Tom Allen does a very good job. They got the aforementioned uh, Michigan Wolverines. Michigan returns uh, 
30 people on the roster spot. So you got to look at roster management. And it seems like the corporate government, even though he's getting $10 million, the corporate governance is not uh, what we, we would prefer for Michigan to have. Now, Michigan is or was a blue chip program. People's Jones was good, but they haven't really been that. They haven't been really been that the last few years. And now they return 10 on offense and seven on defense. Harbaugh is a hard-nosed def- offensive coach, but he will take the pedal off the metal uh, to give his defense rest. They changed defensive coordinators as he played the blame game and blamed Dan Brown for his recruiting woes. Uh, but he got another $10 million this year. And he has an interesting contract, which is a whole life policy that I actually do for people. And what you do is you put your salary in a whole life policy. And you take the money out without paying, paying any tax. So it's a tax mitigation strategy for people who have a lot of money. My big money clients, we do that. You have a business, you take a loan out on your business and live on that. And you don't pay any taxes, right? So that's how my rich clients that are worth 20 million, 50 million, that's how they avoid uh, taxation, right? And who else does that? Uh, Elon Musk, Bezos, they all do that. Tax mitigation. So only 30 got starts in the offensive line uh, is mitigated by the fact that usually the offensive line. At Michigan, they're blue chip guys, so they have a lot of talent. But you got to see how they play. So that's a big question mark for them. And the fact they really haven't played well the last few years. Uh, Mike McDonald is the new offensive coordinator. Uh, he comes from his brother, Harbaugh, who's the head coach of your Baltimore Ravens. So he sees something in this guy. His brother sees something in him. And he'd give advice, just like the Cuomo brothers give each other advice and counsel, so do the Harbaugh brothers and, and John in the playoffs every year. And he won the Super Bowl. So he gives good advice. Most expensive advice you can get is bad advice, right? Uh, and we give you here the best advice on how to bet college football games, NFL games, college basketball. Those are the main threes that have had the highest ROI. I've been doing good with the NBA, but the NBA uh, this year, I had to do more research. And it was weird because the season was weird and COVID. Uh, I needed to do more research to mitigate COVID facts. But we still were close to 70% in the finals after kind of like a break-even regular season. Or playoffs. So Michigan has a lot of guys. So it's good to see that Western Michigan game, September 4th. And you want to look at, is the talent on the Michigan offensive line going to overcome their inexperience when they take on the Washington Huskies September 11th? And then homecoming against Greg Schiano and Tony Soprano University, Rutgers University. So Michigan is a big question mark, right? The defense should be a lot better. Uh, 
look for a lot of Michigan games to go under, right? Because they want to protect that defense, new defensive coordinator, and that offensive line uh, is young. With the talent he brings in there, Coach Harbaugh does not have to uh, take a lot of chances. Next thing we're going to look at is the aforementioned Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Tony Soprano University. Went three and six last year, but man, I want to talk about great roster management. It's Greg Chiano who knows how to do more with less. He won at Rutgers previously with six or seven guys, sort of like a mafia, got together, paid him to be the head coach. Those six or seven guys, older gentlemen are still there, still making a lot of money, and still paying millions of dollars for the head coach. He makes around $4 million a year. He was defensive coordinator at Ohio State before. He was going to be the, the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick in New England, but something in Chiano's background stops it. Now, remember, Chiano was involved in the Paterno uh, pedophile child molestation problem with Sandusky, and he uh, saw what was going on. Right, so that's a traumatic event. My wife is the uh, psychotherapist, right? But I've noticed in a lot of this, there's things that you blow off, sort of. Not, I never see anything like this, but things that you blow off in your past, but they're traumatic events that you have to process. He couldn't really process what he saw. I mean, he didn't even want to see that. His boss is doing horrible things, pedophilia. And he reported to Joe Paterno, and that was it, right? So what's on him, he should have reported more. The Bill Belichick thing lends me to believe, gives me evidence that there might be something more. Uh, he was denied the job at Tennessee, and he was denied the job with Bill Belichick. But Tony Soprano, you, those six or seven guys who run, who have hundreds of millions of dollars, and one of their main hobbies is Rutgers football. They can pay a coach three, four million dollars a year to make Rutgers good. They had no problems paying Triano last time or this time. They don't care anything about his past. What they care about is that he's into working out. So what I said in the beginning about strength and conditioning coach, here's a head coach who has a real interest in developing players. He developed Ray Rice, uh, who was a two, three star. He ends up being a great NFL player, right? So he's great at developing players, which is great, at a developmental, developmental program, right? So Rutgers returning 10 on offense, 10 on defense with a great developmental coach. Watch out for those uh, Scarlet Knights. Now, let's look at their offensive line. Their offensive line is returning 69. Not as much as we would like, but Giano is a great defensive coach, right? He was a great defensive coach at the University of Miami. Those great teams there. Uh, and he learned it from the best. And Dusky, though he was a uh, lowest of the low life, the most degenerates of the degenerates, and he deserves to spend life in prison. He was a great defensive coordinator, had a great defensive mind, and taught it to a lot of different people. Uh, 
Greg Chiano included. So he's had great defenses everywhere he goes. Defensive mind. And man, he got 10 guys coming back, right? So look for a lot of those games to go under. Uh, he, as far as corporate governance, he has Sean Gleason. This is something you'll see a lot. A lot. The guy at Oklahoma State, uh, Coach Mullahead, is a great offensive mind, knows how to teach it to guys, and has an interest in mentoring people. So Sean Gleason, his offensive coordinator, comes from Oklahoma State. Rob Smith, who's a uh, defensive coordinator, longtime defensive coordinator for Yosef uh, Bulls. He's a very good defensive coordinator. So they have great corporate governors. And we'll give you the five elements in the episode notes. Hopefully, I'm going to last. One big one is corporate governance and how they manage it. All these coaches are good. All these coaches make millions of dollars. So it's on the margins. And man, is Greg Giano detail oriented. He, when he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL, he had 30 assistant coaches, each handling a very teacher detail and in business business is the opposite of social uh in your social life it's not good to be detail oriented you gotta let things go especially with the people you love you know nitpicking getting to deep now business is different there's no because you're dealing with competition there's no such thing as an insignificant detail they're all big right the devil is in the detail Greg Chiano is a very detail-oriented guy. So he's, he has records one. Great job with roster manager. Doing better than Jim Harbaugh, what I see. He has more guys coming back. He has a little bit more, more starts in the offensive line. So, again, it's a developmental team. Uh, salesmen think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. So uh, as the season moves along, you're going to see that offensive line play better right and look if you're gonna get those lines because they're three and six last year right uh look for greg chiano to continue making me money as a dog right look for that uh, this season at michigan september 25th uh, at indiana november 13th and at Penn State November 20th, right? Because Rutgers being a development team are going to get better as the season goes along. They're going to be, those guys that are in the offensive line are going to develop more, be a lot better at the end of the season than we're in the beginning of the season. What does that mean? You're going to control the ball, protect that defense, all the starters coming back and get that under. Uh, October the 30 at Illinois, that seems like an under game all day. You always do your research, right? Because everybody could be hurt. You could be go. So always do your research for like. But doing our research now, mitigating the research we do later on in the season, we're looking at that Illinois game. We're going to say, okay, what's going on? Because you got two teams that are going to love to run that ball, love to control the clock, right? And uh, boil the game down to five plays. And man, they got five plays dialed up, right? To get that edge. So Look for the season total to probably be over on Rutgers, uh, probably six or seven. Take the over. And, man, you're going to look hard at them to cover uh, a lot of games this season with Coach Shiano. And, again, working out because of COVID, everything else is going to be very important. He's great at developing bodies and great into working out. 
you can bench press the, the most of the players. So that's your Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Then you look at uh, Maryland, uh, Maryland Terrapins. Very questionable. The Now, I learned this from my wife. If somebody has some sort of sexual deviancy, they like impulse control, right? Who would say that about Andrew Cuomo, Gamus Winston. But we use it to make money, to predict behavior. And one of the most important things in business is to have emotional control. So if you're impulsive and don't have emotional control, on the average, when you're competing against a Shiana Harbaugh, guys who are also as smart as you are, making millions of dollars, they have an edge on you if, if, if they can control their emotions, if they control their impulsivity, right? So uh, Mike Lasky, uh, what great coach, right? Many years uh, was an analyst with Nick Satan in Alabama. Two and three last year, but he was fired at University of New Mexico for doing some Andrew Cuomo type stuff. But he's rehabilitated himself. We hope ninety-five percent of people can change. We're going to hope that Mister Loxley is part of the five percent of people who can change. Uh, he has three new coordinators, right? Bam, impulsivity, not giving people a chance to better themselves to learn from their mistakes, like he's been giving. He just fired, right? Was it impulsive? We're looking at his track record here. You know, what happened in New Mexico? Now he fires all his coordinators. Why didn't he do a better job hiring, right? He doesn't accept personal responsibility, which is people who are deviant, people who lack impulse control. 95% of them do not accept personal responsibility. So he didn't accept personal responsibility for hiring, for hiring those coordinators. He fires them. Uh, Dan Enos, his offensive coordinator, is borderline genius, so he's going to be doing good there. Uh, his defensive coordinator is he was the head coach of Central Michigan. Uh, Dan Enos, his defensive coordinator is Brian Stewart, who was Baylor's cornerbacks uh, coach in 2020. And that's notable because uh, Aranda, Aranda at Baylor, great defensive coach. He knows how to coach that uh, that Barry Alvarez zone, the guy that I went to high school with, Tommy Carter, who's the second to DeMarie Smith at the NFLPA. Uh, he won a national championship at Notre Dame with Barry Alvarez as a defensive coordinator. Uh, man, Wisconsin knows how to coach that zone defense. So this guy's made, he was making $2 million a year at LSU, coaching that defense. So this defensive cat, bass coach was with him. Can he bring the magic? We don't know. So let's look at his roster management, right? So looking at offensive line depth, looking at offensive line career starts, you get a lot of information, right? So you're getting, okay, can they control the game? Uh, and you can you notice a little bit of the, corporate governance of the coach and roster management. Does this guy have uh, a lot of career starts coming back on the analysis line year after year? This guy only has, lastly, only has 36 career starts returning, right? So that is not, not good. 
But with an extra cold gear, they got eight guys on offense and nine on defense. He's a good judge of talent. Uh, we're going to look at him September the 4th at West Virginia. Then they go to Howard and then at Illinois. They, they only played five games last year. So that's one of the reasons why his offensive line didn't have a lot of career starts. Again, management, right? So he didn't manage COVID well, but he only had five games. Well, other teams had 10 left. So he didn't, get, he didn't do good at uh, New Mexico. Impulse control issue. Sexual deviancy got him fired from a multi-million dollar job, right? He goes three and nine and two and three, right? Uh, two and nine, two and three. Not looking good. Mike lost, lost. He can be West Virginia, but you got to look at that number. Uh, that used to be a sort of like a rivalry game back in the day. Uh, then you go to Howard, and then Allen, Illinois is going to be a big game for him. Uh, I don't see him coming to spread at West Virginia. West Virginia coming there. You got to study West Virginia. Are they falling apart? What's going on with West Virginia? Howard to blow him out at Illinois. Very important game. Interesting to him. Then get Kent State and then Iowa at home. And then at Ohio State, roll your boat. Look for him to get outcoached at, at, at Minnesota. And at Illinois, where he's a good judge of talent, he has a lot of talent there, but he'll get out coached there. Look for Minnesota to cover, look for Illinois to cover at home. And it's going to be an interesting year for him on the margins. I would bet against this guy for the reasons mentioned and some more. All right. That is your Maryland Terrapins, uh, a guy that. Uh, lied to everybody at uh, Colorado, his first head coaching job. He is a Nick Satan disciple. Uh, those guys are making a lot of money, but they're not necessarily on the more ethical, moral side, which who cares, right? This is not a religious podcast. It's a podcast about who covers the spread. So Mel Tucker, corporate governance, you can't trust him as far as you could throw him, but he knows how to recruit. He knows how to judge talent. He knows how to go <clears throat> defense, right? Uh, his offensive coordinator, this guy who knows to do, who knows how to do more with less, is Jay Johnson, who's uh, coached with Row Your Boat in Minnesota, and his defensive coordinator is Mike Tress. Wow, the name sounds familiar because his dad won a national championship at your Ohio State. Buckeyes, again, you got fired for being unethical. But they win, right? This is not an ethical podcast. This is about sports betting and previewing the Big Ten so you can make money and I can make money uh, betting on these games. So, great corporate governance. Mike Trestle knows his football, knows how to be a defensive coordinator. Then it all goes back to Nick uh, Satan and Bill Belichick, right? Because you got to look at the lineage of the corporate governments. Uh, you have, you know, like the Trump family, right? You're going to do business with the Trump family. 
Uh, you had to do a little research on Fred Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric, right? To see whether your skill set, your values, uh, you know, what's going on matches with their culture and if you can trust them, right? So same thing with football, because it's hard on money, right? This is uh, uh, paying for vacations. This is for buying expensive dresses and purses. Justifying time watching for the highest best use of your time. So you have to do your research. So uh, we look at Trestle. Uh, when you look at Mel Tucker, Michigan State, uh, you think of uh, D'Antonio, and D'Antonio uh, worked for Nick Satan at Michigan State, right? Beget Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker becomes a Defense coordinator at Georgia after winning a national championship at Alabama. So that's Bill Belichick, Nick Satan, all over the place. What does that mean? That means Nick Satan's won seven national championships. Uh, Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls. So that's a lot of winning, right? See, this man knows how to coach defense. He has seven returning on defense and nine on offense. And he returned... Uh, the entire too deep on that offensive line. So, returns the entire too deep on that offensive line, and you have let's see what that number is. So I'm going to have to count it up because uh, the resource I'm using usually counts them up, but didn't do it for Michigan State. Michigan State, you have. Okay, so yeah, right guard, Mark Herrick. He has right guard, Mark Herrick has 11, 24, 31 career starts for your right guard. Your left guard, James Onapa, something like that. One seventeen. All right, so thirty-one seventeen is forty-eight. Fifty-eight. Kevin Jarvis. Sixty-eight. Seventy-five. Seventy-eight. Right, three years, and your left tackle has had thirteen. Five, etc. So they have over a hundred career starts on the offensive line from Michigan State. Got good corporate governance, right? With your offensive and defensive coordinators. You have nine guys on offense, seven guys on defense returning back. They're on the up cycle of a two-year cycle. So look for Michigan, who was two and five last year. Uh you, you look at September 3rd. Right at Northwestern. Northwestern's on a dice down cycle. Michigan State's on an up cycle. Uh, study what both teams did in fall practice, right? But you got to look hard at Michigan State in that game. Uh, they were studying all summer for each other. Northwestern uh, might stick in this game more than other games of the season because it is the first game of the season. And they're going to throw the kitchen sink, whatever they're going to do all season. Again, they're going to hold any place in their back pocket because they're on a down cycle. 
uh, and, and they're breaking in a new defensive coordinator. So look hard in Michigan State in that game. Uh, it's that line might be inflated the wrong way because all those Northwestern guys are gone. It is a down cycle or the two-year cycle. While Michigan State is on an up cycle at Miami, Florida. Watch out for that. Uh, at Indiana. Indiana's probably on, on a down cycle. While Michigan State is more on an up cycle. So look for them to cover at that. And then at Ohio State, November the 20th, uh, the, the Ohio State has a high place for Michigan, right? Especially this year, Ohio State doesn't have uh, as many players or experienced players as they had last year. So you're going to hold a lot because that Michigan game is the whole season. This is going to be the first season where uh, Urban Myers is stressing about that game all the time. He's suggesting his 20 plays. He's in Jackson. So uh, not that he's under a gun or anything, but Michigan has to win that game. I don't think Harbaugh's ever been in Ohio State as a head coach. So they're going to have to hold some things back November 20th against Michigan State. And Michigan State is going to return over 100 starts in that offensive time. By that time, they might have over 200 starts when they play Ohio State. Now, is it going to beat Ohio State? Who knows? But there's a high probability they're probably going to cover that game at Ohio State. D'Antonio, the previous coach who coached all these people, and I'm sure it's like he's still in town. He's still in East Lansing. He's going to be like Urban Meyer, whispering uh, 20 defenses uh, before that Ohio State game and other games this season. And again, D'Antonio's right on the line with Bill Belichick and Nick Satan. Uh, he won a lot of games at Michigan State, and he always covered against Ohio State. He always covered against Michigan as well. So, I mean, fortunate, lucky, and good to be – D'Antonio made me a lot of money covering that situation that's going to happen November 20th at Ohio State with them being on an up cycle and Ohio State being on a down cycle. So look at them to cover at Miami, at Purdue November 6th, and at Ohio State November 20th. All right. Next thing we're going to look at is your Wisconsin Badgers. They're going to be on an up cycle. They're the quintessential developmental program. Barry Alvarez is uh, is an athletic director. We mentioned him earlier in the podcast. He knows how to do more with less. Uh, Paul Chris is going to be his own offensive coordinator calling the plays this year. That defense is really a Barry Alvarez defense. I'm sure he's at practice coaching them. Then he'll go to the press box during the game. Uh, Jim Leonard uh, was the defensive backs coach there. Seventh, he, yeah, he, he's the fifth year defense coordinator. So he knows that defense through and through. And again, for them, they always have a good offensive line, but when they're more experienced, the Wisconsin offensive line is more devastating. Uh, they put a lot of offensive linemen in the NFL. This year, they have 59 career starts. So that's why you see the head coach calling the plays. He wants to make sure these guys develop. He's going to protect them a little bit because they're not as experienced as he would prefer. 
However, they are returning eight on defense. They have style of play. It keeps them in every game. Uh, and look for them to do really well in those home games. Uh, their home games are Penn State to start the season. Look for them to cover there. Uh, Notre Dame, September 25th. Michigan, Northwestern, and Nebraska. So look for them to cover the games at home and not necessarily cover on the road. And with those low starts in the offensive line, you really got to start looking at uh, unders, right? Because, again, Barry Alvarez, great defensive coordinator. And the head coach calling the plays, they tend to be more conservative. They'll take chances, right, every once in a while, and they'll hype them up for taking chances. But at the end of the day, salesmen think short-term. Businessmen think long-term, right? So the head coach is going to protect that defense and keep these games under. So protecting the defense means that you are going to take time off the clock to give them rest so they can do their job and get off the field, right? So those are your Wisconsin Badgers. Look for them to cover at home and look for most of their games to go under this year. Yeah, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and then we'll go Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois. All right. Uh, we'll go through these a little faster because all of these are basically the same team, right? Except for Minnesota, there's nuances to them. But they're pretty much going to be like Wisconsin. Except for Iowa. Iowa's at a down cycle, oh, it's a year cycle, right? So, again, a developmental program. So they're in the same boat as Northwestern. Northwestern, uh, so they have seven on offense and seven on defense. So that's low for them. Uh, the career starts on the offensive line is 38. They uh, have a phenomenal head coach who's been there for 25 years, currently friends. So look for him to coach him up and maybe be a dog. But uh, you got to look hard at Iowa State, September the 11th. Dan Campbell and them should do well. Look for Iowa State to cover that. So they were 62 last year. So their lines are going to be inflated. So look to go the other way on your Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, they're on a down cycle of a two-year cycle, right? So it's a big issue that they have so low people coming back on that offensive line and only seven returning on defense. So a developmental program in a down cycle year, bet, for, bet on most of their games not to cover. Same thing goes for Northwestern. Right, Northwestern returns uh, very few starts in the offensive line. They lose their right tackle and they lose 19 starts and left guard uh, Nick Urban. So they're losing people on that offensive line. They don't have a lot of career starts coming back. Let me get that exact number for you. Uh, Center has, let's see, 
two, nine, 11, 11 starts, seven, eight, 15, 26. The left guard has seven, eight, right? That's uh, 41. Bingo. The left tackle hasn't even played really. So it's basically zero, kind of at zero. We'll value that at zero because the guy's been hurt. Again, developmental guys actually started last eight games. Let's see, look at 52. And then the left tackle. Uh, let's see, left tackle nine. Right. So they have very few. They have in the in the you know low sixties returning. Uh, they have only four players coming back on defense, four on offense. Seven and two last year. Remember, this is twenty twenty one, not twenty twenty. Different year, but sometimes it takes a while for people to catch up. They're thinking of last year's uh, Northwestern team. Right. So those are. Your Wildcats, they're not going to cover the spreads they covered last year. If you're going to look at Duke, if you're going to get numbers at Nebraska, at Wisconsin, those are games that most likely did not. Uh, they're not going to cover. Now, a team that should be on an up cycle, you got 10 guys coming back on defense, seven on offense. They have 54 starts and offense. So you got to look at roster management. What is Scott Frost doing? He has to win this year. He's gone. Uh, let's see, he's in his fourth year. He's got four and eight, five and seven, three and five. Fourth year defense coordinator Chandler and Mike Lubick from Oregon Days is his offensive coordinator. He's more of a control freak. Uh, at Illinois, August 25th is going to be a big game for him. At Oklahoma, right? It used to be a big game between them. Now Oklahoma's going to the SEC at Michigan State. He has a lot of guys returning on defense. So defense is going to have to carry today. I do like his trigger man. Martinez looks good. Frost can coast offense. But uh, pass performance does not uh, indicate a future result. But some things have to change there. They have to win these close games. And Scott Frost is going to have to go through them all. So there's a lot of unknowns. You have to do your research. You have to watch that game in Illinois. See how they look. Uh, then they go Fordham and Buffalo. So they should be feeling good about themselves. If they get that win in Illinois, going to at Oklahoma, right? Nebraska against Oklahoma. Ten guys returning on defense. Should be able to hold their own against Oklahoma. But you got to watch them to see if they're going to cover in that situation. So a lot of unknowns with Nebraska. Now, the uh, <clears throat> team that I'm high on is row your boat. All right? Look at our key indicators here. Uh, they return 182 starts on that offensive line. Man, and remember they're playing, they're playing an inexperienced Ohio State team. All right. Coach Gorbic Governess, I love him a lot. Roll your boat. PJ Fleck knows how to motivate. 
great developmental coach. He coached uh, Western Michigan to an 11-win season. And then when they were overmatched in that bowl game against Wisconsin, they held their own, man. They held their own. Uh, he is in his fifth year. He goes five and seven, seven and six, 11 and two, right? So he goes seven and six, 11 and two, three and four last year. What does that mean? He's on an up cycle or the two-year cycles we talked about. So that's a key indicator. Number three key indicator is he has 10 guys on offense, 10 guys on defense, returning 182 starts on that offensive line. Man, Minnesota looks good. Uh, Ohio State at home. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. I already took plus 15. Got to do more research to see if I'll bet more money on it. But that looks good. At Colorado since I'm in the 18th. And then at Iowa and Indiana games you're going to have to look for. His games, he does a great job coaching. Developmental team. Does not take a lot of chances. Fundamentally sound. You're like, okay, what does that mean to me? That means that a lot of his games that people think are going to go over actually go under because he has to protect the defense, right? He has to protect the defense, keep games under. He understands he's a developmental program. He's a great strategist to cover for us as a dog, all right? So those are the Golden Gophers. I already took them plus 15 against the Ohio State Buckeyes. All right. We're getting very excited, man. It's a lot of fun going through this because uh, you make a lot of money doing it and uh, you enjoy the value, right? So we talk about value a lot, which is psychological factors divided by functional factors plus functional factors divided by time and money. So the psychological factor in this game is high value because uh, there's a definite edge there. First game of the season, Ohio State Buckeyes at your Minnesota Golden Gophers. Hopefully a lot of people bet the name Ohio State. Bet last year's national championship runner-up Ohio State team other than the 2021 Ohio State team. Coach who's making $7 million a year because corporate governance is very important in investment. Jeff Brom, his brother is going to be the new offensive coordinator. Uh, Brad Lambert is the new defensive coordinator, a guy who knows how to do more with less, more with less, who's the head coach at Charlotte. Did a good job there. Not a lot of talent. Got them to a bowl game. Hard to recruit there. Uh, he did a great job. So he should do a great job with the nine returning guys on defense, nine on offense, and they jumped to 96 career starts. That's looking good for the Boilermakers. They are going to be playing uh, Oregon State. Now, in the last podcast, we had Chad Nolan. His brother, Chance Nolan, starts for Oregon State. That game is... I took Oregon State plus the eight points because uh, Oregon State should be on an upcycle too. That's going to be a great game. Should be a close game going down to the wire. Look for that. 
to cover at Notre Dame, right? Uh, Notre Dame has really turned into a developmental program, even though they should be blue chip. They're kind of a tweener uh, between blue chip and because, you know, it's, it's a very good academic school. So everybody has to have the great school there. So they have to be good at developing uh, players and uh, that changed their program around. That's why they pay their strength and conditioning coach a lot of money, close to a million dollars, because uh, after a couple of bad years, Coach Kelly got changed their style to more uh, protected defense, run the ball, physical style with those big Midwestern offensive linemen, and you need a good strength and conditioning coach, right, at Notre Dame. Uh, so the guy at Charlotte, that type of guy, uh, 96 guys returning on the offensive line, nine returners on offense, nine on defense, two and four last year. The coach makes seven million. That means their last year was their down cycle of their two-year cycle. Look for them to be up this year and cover most of the time. All right. So look for them to cover most of the time. And uh, him being the coach. Look for him to get in shootouts, right? Being as a head coach. And the job of the guy from Charlotte coming in is to get that one big stop, right? One big stop during the game. Get the ball back to those nine guys you're turning on offense. Of your Purdue Boilermakers, offensive coach, Jeff Brown. So look for their games, Purdue games to go over and for them to cover more often than not this year. They're on the up of your cycle. And because of that, you get some return to the mean. You get some math. You're going to get some good inflated lines on uh, against Purdue early. So you look at the at Notre Dame would be a, a situation where that would happen at Iowa, depending on what Iowa does in the beginning of the season. Iowa's on a down cycle. You're on an up cycle. So if, if you still got last year's lines on there, Easy way to make money. Now, the Illinois Fighting Alumni return nine on defense, nine on offense. They have 88 career starts coming back within the middle. Uh, Lovey Smith, who won a Super Bowl as defense coordinator of the Rams uh, under the, the Dungy 3, that Tampa 2 type of coverage zone defense. He's a great judge of talent. Didn't get the wins at Illinois, even though he got them into a bowl game in 2019. Uh, he didn't have enough wins. He was 2-6 and six last year. Uh, great judge of talent, great recruiter, but was bad at corporate governance as far as hiring coordinators and developing the talent he got there. All right? The guy who's different than that is Brent Bilma who used to be the head coach at Wisconsin. But really, that program dom dominated by Alvarez. He won a lot there. Think of Arkansas. <clears throat> SEC didn't have as much success as he did at Wisconsin. So he gets fired at Arkansas, goes to the NFL. Now he's back. So he's back for a reason. He has a plan. He's learned from his mistakes at Arkansas. His... Office of the coordinator turned Peterson was Appalachia State. Again, they knew Appalachia State, they have great recruiting, great developmental programs. So they know how to do 
more with less at Appalachian State. He's a new defensive offensive coordinator for the Illinois Fighting Illini. Defensive coordinator is Ryan Walters, who was at Missouri. They weren't the greatest defense in the world. So that'll be interesting to see. So with 88 career starts and a lot of NFL talent on that offensive line, you got nine returning on offense, nine on defense. You got corporate governance, guy who's won a lot. Great coach, lunchroom six at, at Arkansas. Look, for you're fighting a line at to cover a lot this year. Games that they're probably not going to get the best number. So remember, in investing, you buy low, so high. So I would buy them at a good number. Uh, looking at at Purdue, September 25th. That's going to be a great game. Uh, at Virginia, September the 11th. And do your research on the over-under. Because he's an offensive coach. He doesn't have uh, Alvarez having this, you know, tying him up. So look for, for these Illinois teams to go over and look for them to cover uh, inflated lines this year. They'll cover more often than not with the great coaching, great experience coming back. And the fact that Lovey Smith is now the assistant head coach of Houston, Texas, you know, he got fired here, Houston, Texas. He's a good judge of talent. That's why there's all those awesome guys on their offensive line. But remember, the offensive line, for the most part, controls the game. So that's why uh, doing your research on the returning starters and uh, the, the returning starters and the returning starts on the offensive line and the talent the offensive line has makes you a lot of money throughout the season. All right, so that is your Big Ten preview uh, in detail of the key factors you look at, right? When you start doing your research to bet on who's who and what's what and knowing if they're an up cycle or a down cycle. And then you measure the line and that leads to a lot of money. So, uh, has great time at Rams camp. Met some people. We talked about abundance, right? There's enough for everybody. So that's what's great about sports betting. You get to collaborate, share information. There's enough money for everybody. And we have a lot of fun watching football. But we share this information. We help you make money more than any other outlet, any other podcast out there. Because it's always better to give than to get. It's a business decision, not a religious or moral thing. It's a business decision. You always get 10 times more back and what you give. So we always end with a guy who got us through a crisis in World War II, Sir Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Sports Bay Podcast. Remember the purpose of the outcome. The purpose is to make money. The outcome has been 500% ROI the last two NFL seasons, which means you have 10 times more money than what you start with using all of our picks. And we give you the lies. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network.